All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So each week we take a listener question about a topic they were interested in. They visited our website, techgumbo.net, hopefully because they want us to send us one of those big, beautiful Tech Gumbo mugs. And this week the question is, You guys have been saying password managers are a good thing, but LastPass got hacked. Do you still think they're a good thing? That's a good question. We have been talking about password managers for a long time and talking about how they can really simplify your life. If you're someone who has to have a lot of different passwords in a lot of different places and you don't want to mess with all that hassle, then, you know, we've endorsed them, but they got hacked. So... What was hacked? How bad is it? Is it still worth it? So what was hacked was the the bottom line, your information is still encrypted. Your sensitive, highly sensitive information, all of your passwords, the websites that you go to, the sensitive notes about the different websites, all that's still encrypted. None of that got hacked. What did get hacked was your name, your email address, your cell phone number, your home address, a lot of the that kind of information got did get hacked, which leads them to be able to do phishing to try and get you to give them the rest of the information they need. Yes. So they have a copy of all the stuff that's still safe and secure. But in order to unlock that, they need the information from you. And so that's why this is potentially a problem that, you know, if they if you get something which looks maybe a little fishy, a little suspicious from LastPass, don't worry about it. LastPass is officially saying that there's no customer action needed. But if you wanted to be on the safe side, make sure your two-factor authentication is turned on and change your master password here. Because that's what that's what's important here is the master password. Your master password is what allows you to get into all of the other things that are saved, all of the passwords, all the websites and the websites that you go to and all of that information is encrypted. And without that master password to go unlock all of that information, then the hackers don't really have anything. So the quick answer is yes, password managers are still a good thing. The complex answer is but you don't want to write that master password down or publish it or put it somewhere where anybody can find it. 
Right. You still have to have your master password be a good password. If it's one, two, three password, that's still a bad password. But from the example from the article that we saw, if it's something like Lionel Messi four World Cup exclamation mark to you, you know, that's that's very memorable. But to a hacker trying to guess, that's incredibly difficult. And so these are the things that we've talked about for a long time. That's good password hygiene, have a mix of capitalization and lowercase, mix in a number. You could have it be a short sentence with an exclamation or short sentence with a question mark. Just something so that it's readable to you and only you, but that it's very tough to guess. And getting away from passwords, getting more into passphrases. So we've used the example before. If you use green horse truck with an exclamation mark or one green horse truck, that's an incredibly complex passphrase that will give you a lot of security and you don't have to try and remember did I have the at symbol? Does the exclamation mark and how many pound symbols were in there? You're using a passphrase, which will help give you that that ability to let a password manager take all of the rest of the passwords. Because everybody's got 50 to 100 websites that you go to. They all have unique passwords that you should be using unique passwords for every one of these websites. And you don't want to duplicate anything. So when you use a password manager, like the LastPass, like a OnePass, like any one of the ones we've talked about for years on the show, they are very good as long as your master password is really good. Absolutely. And one of the things that the article was talking about as well was that the science and the, the math behind encryption and how all of this works is actually pretty cool. They talked about you know the idea that your master password, that the company who owns it doesn't know what it is. That it's not that they just say, oh, you know, we don't know what your master password is, tee hee hee. They actually don't know. That everything is done locally on your computer and it is encrypted in one direction, which means that there's no way for them to look at the, the puddle of ones and zeros coming across and turn it back into an ice sculpture. And so a lot of this technology is really cool. It's really interesting, but it also means that there's more and more layers to security. And that's part of why we still recommend these processes, these password managers, even after this hack, is because there were so many layers of protection with the technology like this that... Basically, the hackers have closed vaults, and as long as you never tell them what the key is, they can never open that vault, and that's just super cool. For the record, LastPass does not endorse this show. We get zero money from them, but I use LastPass. I like LastPass. It works very, very well on my smartphones, on my computers, and because my smartphone is a computer. It works great. I don't have to sit there and try and remember all of the passwords I have everywhere. It just is easy to have my one master pass and okay, I'm, I'm good. I can go wherever I want. Yeah, so definitely recommend the technology. It saves you a lot of headaches, saves you a lot of hassle. 
And if anything, this goes to show that it is reliable, that even in a situation where hackers got into their central servers, they weren't able to pull anything of value out. That's right. When Again, that when that master password is all about what you keep locally, LastPass does not know you could not in any way, shape, form, or fashion have LastPass guess what my master password is. It's more than 20 characters long. It's very complex, but I it's enough something I can remember. It stays here with me. It does not go back up into their system anywhere. So it's it's very, very safe that way. Yeah, we're, we're seeing advancements in the security and cybersecurity with things like biometrics, with things like passphrases. And this is how we're going to be able to you know, continue to have cybersecurity in the future as common consumers who you have to put in a password into everything and you'll have to log into everything. There are ways that it's going to be manageable and you're not going to end up 15 years from now with just thousands of different logins. People are thinking about it. They're working on it. And the future in this case will be manageable. And it will involve multi-factor authentication and biometrics. So if you think that that thumbprint that you sign into your smartphone with or your facial recognition that your phone recognizes you and, and opens up the screen, that's not going away. That's only going to become more and more relevant and prevalent as as we get further and further in our technology journey. It's also important to distinguish the facial recognition that your computer uses to recognize you from facial recognition that is being used in widespread. Because if it's just, it only has to look for you, you're looking right at the camera, and then, you know that's the only application of it, it's gonna take several different photos of you, and it's gonna stay locally, it doesn't go anywhere, it only sits on your machine. That's a fantastic use of facial recognition. And that's what I was saying earlier, is that there are cases in which it makes a lot of sense, in which it's very secure and very safe and provides value. And that's why it makes regulation of these technologies so difficult, is because you can't just put a, a blanket, no facial recognition ever anywhere, because it does, provides usefulness to sign in and other biometrics like your thumbprint, like you said, like you're the iris scan. There is value there, but it's separating them out, understanding that having it just sit on your local machine versus having it be part of a network or a web connected to databases that are different levels of verified. That's wherever you start to get into those messy, uh, you know, gray, difficult areas. Yes, when when you have to start worrying about algorithms as in breaking down passwords, then it's way beyond either of us are talking about on this show. We're just simply talking about passphrases like exclamation green horse truck with a pound sign on the back and do that to protect yourself. And for the record, I don't use that as my password. That's strictly <laughs> So moving along, speaking of cybersecurity, we saw something that really caught our attention because it's kind of out of this world. Yeah, one of the, the next places that cybersecurity will go is in space. As satellites become more and more prevalent, as we start routing more and more important data through them, they're going to become targets. 
When you think of what's going on in in the Ukraine right now, the war between Russia and Ukraine and how Space, SpaceX sent a bunch of the, the Starlink dishes over there so they could still get to the Internet out on the battlefield or in some of the bombed out areas. But then the Russian army started hacking and attacking these the Viasats and the Starlink satellites that were over Ukraine to try and jam these signals. We've said it before on this show, wars are going to be fought with ones and zeros, not bombs and bullets. And here is a prime example. Absolutely, because you can just jam the connection so that nothing gets through, or you can spoof the connection so that it thinks that it's talking to you instead of talking to what it's supposed to be. And so each of these different things allows you to alter what's happening, alter what the computer thinks is happening. And whenever there's not a wire plugged in anymore, whenever you're you're not touching the wall, you just have your laptop, which is shooting up into space. It's much harder to verify that you're right. And there's just all kinds of problems with satellites. Number one, they're between 200 to 500 miles or more out there in space. They're hard to work on doing 17,500 miles an hour. It's tough to just pull up next to one and open the hood and get underneath it, which means you put a satellite up in, let's say, 2005. That's now 17 years old. The technology that was securing that, that satellite 17 years ago is very easily defeated by today's technology. It provides presents all kinds of complications in that way. And then, you know, you also, you don't even have to hack it. You could just fire a rocket at it. That we've seen China and Russia do this recently, wherever they've blown up satellites. And the technology, the tracking is, is getting better and better. The missiles are getting better and better. A lot of countries could just say, all right, I want that satellite gone. And, you know, within a couple hours, it's dust. And creating those big clouds of of debris floating around. And you don't even have to do that. You could just take it out, some type of electronic impulse where you just fry the circuitry in the satellite. You just got to be near it. And you have that, 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 that shock wave. And now all of a sudden you've got a rock just floating around or a big hunk of iron. That's, that's not good either. Yeah. One of the things which keeps a lot of our hardware safe right now is that we put it in safe places, that we put it behind a lot of walls, that we put it inside of military bases, that we put it inside of secure facilities. Well, these satellites are just up there spinning by themselves. And so, you know, all you have to do is if you don't want to turn it into dust because you don't want it to fragment and worry about it hitting other things, you just set off this electromagnetic pulse, the EMP. And it doesn't have to be very big, doesn't have to be very powerful. You just have to get it close for half a second and you, you fry everything on board. And so there's a lot of ways in which we're going to have to start having to really protect these satellites. Because the technology we've proven, look, we hit a comet billions of miles away from Earth. It's headed toward the sun at a whole lot faster than 17,500 miles an hour. So if we can do that, we can certainly take out whatever satellites we want as we want. 
or anybody else can as they want. If they just they can get the telemetry to get a big hunk of metal into space, they can hit things. So we've we've got to do a better job of being able to protect ourselves. Or maybe you want to leave the satellites still working, but you compromise it in some way. Maybe you you know, find some way to run code which gets beamed up and it makes its way into the hardware of the satellite. And all of a sudden you sit there and you can start looking at everything passing through because you've hacked the security on the satellite and you beam a copy of it back somewhere else. And so now the satellite doesn't know that it's sending out two different sources, but you have someone who's sitting there just reading without knowing or without the target knowing. And, and uh, yeah, exactly. Just like, and like we talked about a few minutes ago, you, break in through the security of that device, and now you can start transmitting to that satellite or receiving all of the information. It's it's really, really fascinating to start thinking about what what can be done and how can we start protecting all of these big chunks of metal floating around up there. Because you also could have ransomware on it. Imagine if a hacker locked up a satellite and said, all right, you got 48 hours to pay us. Otherwise, it, it still works right now, but send us the, the ransom or we fry it. Or or we deorbit the thing. Yeah. If, if it's got all we need is a little bit of telemetry, we can push a button and it'll fire off a rocket and get it working its way back down. It may not go immediately down. Okay, so it takes a week for it to re-enter Earth's orbit. It's going to take a lot longer than a week to get a new one back up there, that's for sure. Yeah, because, you know, one of the things we say right now, where if you get ransomware attacked, oh, well, you have a copy of your data backed up off-site. Okay, we can come back and restore everything. But if we're not restoring software, we're restoring hardware, and that hardware is a satellite in space, man, you're really incentivized all of a sudden to start paying that ransom. And then it gets back to, okay, Starlink is putting up 56 of these a week. Wow. Maybe, you know, maybe the satellites do become a lot more expendable a lot faster. But what are you going to do about the other 3,000 satellites that are still up there that can be so easily compromised? Yeah, it really is. It's a tough question. And there's a lot of all of the same problems that we currently face in cybersecurity here on the ground are just amplified because there's all the additional, you have the national security risks because you have such sensitive information transmitting across these satellites and you have the complexity of the fact that it's in space. It's flying around 500 miles up at 17,000 miles an hour. The good news is we now have the Space Force to help look out and take care of those satellites for us, right? Yeah. The, they're the next generation. They're designed to tackle problems like this, that they're in charge of GPS. So they're, someone is thinking about this. We're, we're not lost in a drift in cybersecurity in space. The, the U.S. government is doing something to keep us secure. Yes, and neither one of us are satellite engineers. Neither one of us have any kind of connection to a satellite. Know much more about this other than what we're reading in in these these magazine articles and websites that we find so uh feel free 
to to disagree with us, send us a comment on our website, techgumbo.net. Let us know what you think, because we would love to send you a Tech Gumbo mug. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.